All right, Toyota, everybody. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. A workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced technology to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than than ever before or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available technology this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a Toyota truck you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales events deals when you visit buy a Toyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Birds, the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, July 25th, 2011. How you guys doing? I hope you had a uh, hope you had a great week like I did. I was uh, I was down in Irvine. I got one more show tonight, taping this on a Sunday. Uh, I got one more show down there in Irvine. Uh, both shows were sold out last night, Saturday night, and uh, Friday night. They were uh, just about full. And I just want to thank everyone for coming down there, you know. That's a very difficult club to sell out as a white boy, as a whitey, as a cracker, as a peckerwood. It's a very <laughs> – it's very difficult, you know. People, you know, for for years, I tried to I tried to go down there, and ah, they they don't nobody comes to see white guys down here. They only come to see Latinos or famous white guys. And um, so finally, or if you put out fucking you know four or five hours of material, and you're consistently funny, they finally show up, which they did, and I was beyond excited. And I want to thank everyone for coming down. And, uh, you know, this is something I have not been able to enjoy since I moved out here. Like when I lived in New York City, I'd gotten to the point where I could sell out a club in New York, which was great. I got the feeling of selling out a club and then I could sleep in my own bed. And I haven't had that out here because uh, because I'm a gringo and um, I was able to finally crack through. So I'm psyched beyond psyched. You know, now if I could just do something about that two hours of traffic, I got to sit in. That's the only thing that sucks driving down to Irvine. Two hours of traffic. Do you understand that? Do you understand how long that is? Two hours, people? One way. Two hours. You could fly from here, Los Angeles, to fucking Denver, Colorado in two hours. We got it, Bill. And we also understand that a jet is a lot faster than a car. All right, go fuck yourselves. But anyways, it was a great weekend. And... um I want to thank everyone for coming down. And considering I'm in such a gracious mood this week, why don't we continue the congratulations with uh, big congratulations to all those alligator wrestling, beer drinking maniacs, whatever other stereotypical shit, because I don't know anything about your country. Australians, congratulations to the country of Australia. Uh, The first Aussie, Cadell Evans, ever to win the Tour de France. You know? Congratulations. I remember that feeling. The first time Greg LeMond won it in the 80s, it was awesome because we had never won it up to that point as far as I know. 
And uh, it was just great to see, uh, you know, you know, it's good to win something that everybody doesn't think you can win after a while. And, you know, um, and I hope that they don't try to figure out whether Cadell was on drugs and fuck with your enjoyment of it 10 years later like they're doing with Lance Armstrong just because they hate America. And that really is the reason. All right? The guy passed 9,000 fucking drug tests. You know? You couldn't get him. He was, he was the Teflon Don. That's your fault, French people. Maybe if you took your goddamn braids off and you worked a little bit harder, you would have caught him. How bad? The fact that you guys wanted to catch him that fucking bad and you couldn't? Go fuck yourself. And I'm supposed to, what, believe his dirty teammate who tested positive? The guy who robbed a bank is now going, well, even though he didn't catch this guy robbing a bank, he actually robbed a bank. Get the fuck out of here. And if he was on drugs, so were the other nine guys behind him who only lost by 90 seconds. Give me a fucking break, all right? Certain sports need drugs, all right? And it's basically every sport that is played at a professional level beyond the age of 23. Beyond the age of 23, you you can't run around. You just can't do it. You know, anybody, anybody like 27, go out and go play flag football out of fucking nowhere and you can't, you're in traction for like the next three weeks. Can you imagine doing that at a pro level and they can tackle? There's no way to do that without drugs. I am totally 100% pro drugs. Um, I don't think they hurt the game. I think they enhance it. I think you take awesome athletes and they become even better. You know, and I also think as much as all these people are fucking whining about them, that eventually they're going to seep their way into regular society. And when I'm in my 80s, I'm going to be on roids, nice, safe roids, because of the sacrifices that these heroes made. Lance Armstrong is a hero. He is a fucking 170-pound lab rat. All right? He let all that shit be pumped into him for the betterment of us. And the glory and all the French pussy he could have. But getting back to me, you wait. All these motherfuckers out there, I'm telling you. All these people dumping that Rogaine on their head and poisoning their brains. Every year they, they refine that shit. They make it a little more pure. You know? It's like, look at weed, man. Weed is fucking unreal now out here because it, it's legal. The shit, they can make you high but not sleepy. Oh, what do you want? You want to focus? Here you go. Smoke this shit. You want to just sit there? And, and just veg out or you want to go to sleep. They got weed for everything now. They couldn't do that shit back in the 70s. They pulled it out of the ground and you s- rolled it up with a fucking newspaper. So I want to thank all these people, all these people getting their heads scalped, right? Taking Propecia. I don't like the fact that I'm going bald, but I'm letting you guys go on point. Let you guys fuck with your systems and figure out what's safe. And then you wait. One day when I'm 80, I'm going to have a full head of jet black hair. And I'm going to have fucking pecs. And I'm going to be able to run a 440. (laughs) And ride a bike up the Pyrenees Mountains for a month straight. Because of the sacrifices that these fucking heroes, these misunderstood heroes are making. God bless them. God bless them all. And congratulations to Australia. That's that's fucking huge. That's really huge. That'll that'll do wonders for cycling. And, uh, you know. Maybe you guys can broaden your horizons. Stop listening to Yahoo Sirius and drinking that stupid Foster's Lager that comes in that beer can the size of a depth charge in World War II. 
Do you know that's one of their shittiest beers, everybody? Everybody here in the States? No one, no one down under drinks that shit. That's one of the first things that I learned when I went there for four days. I walked into about 20 pubs, and I didn't see one Australian person drinking that vat of goose piss. I got to be honest with you. I don't even know what it. T- I don't even know what it tastes like. It's got to taste like shit if they give you so much. You know what I mean? I think that that's their big thing. They're going quantity over quality, and you know. There's Australian people down there. They, they don't give a fuck, so they're not drinking it. They don't care, so what do they do? Ah, shit. Who's gullible enough to drink this fucking goose piss? Oh, we'll send it to the States. It's perfect. They don't know anything about other countries. We'll just make up a big lie. We'll make it macho. You Aussies, you guys ever see the stupid Foster's Lagers, Lager commercials that they show out here? They're like, uh, they go, I can't remember how the fuck it went. Cell phone, beer. That's what they would do. And you guys would have some sort of like the most macho cell phone ever, which is basically you you whisper a phone conversation into a woman's ear, slap her across the face and said, bitch, go tell that to my friend across town. And they'd be like, cell phone. And then they'd be like, beer. And then it'd be this giant beer can. It's the whole fucking thing. Who's got a bigger dick? And uh, evidently, from what I've heard, it tastes like piss. That's what I've heard. But anyways, let's plow ahead. This is the Monday Morning Podcast, everybody. If you're new to my podcast, as I see my podcast listenership growing with, uh, with each week, um, I want to thank you for, for coming along. Um, if you want to send me any sort of questions, we, I answer questions on this. If you want some advice, just to let you know, um, in case you've you know, been listening to this podcast at this point, you haven't been able to figure out that I, I am not – college educated technically i am uh so don't take anything i say seriously you're on your own if you take my advice you're on my you're on your own all right but uh anything you want to do overrated underrated, underrated the email is uh bill at the mmpodcast.com sorry had a big breakfast went out to a fucking a breakfast place and uh you know i'm doing this whole thing man it's 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 unbelievable where I'm just eating well, and I don't have to go to the gym anymore. It's awesome. Absolutely phenomenal. So I ate like shit last night. So today, I go out to breakfast. I take Nia out and her fucking mother. We go out. Uh, we go out for breakfast, and they're all ordering all this yummy stuff, and it came around to me. I'm like, I'm going to do the right thing. I ordered granola. And um, what do they end up doing? They end up bringing me this vat of granola. I said... You could get bananas or chocolate or bananas and chocolate <laughs> extra, which totally defeats the purpose of eating healthy if you get the chocolate. So I go, let me get the bananas. And then they come back like 15, 20 minutes later. I'm sorry. We're out of bananas. We don't even more bananas. I just realized everybody's going to be like, you got bananas on your granola? What are you, a fag? Yes, people. I know my own material. All right. So she's like, we're out of bananas. I'm sorry. Uh, you want some fresh berries? I was like, absolutely. Put them on there, sweetheart. Anything you can do to bring me a bowl of fucking granola within a half hour. Do you think you can do that? I basically ordered a bowl of cereal, and it's 20 minutes later, and I'm still waiting for it. Okay. I know, I know. You're on this side of the counter. You can't make them work faster. So anyways, they bring the stuff over, and they bring in this giant goddamn medieval fucking soup bowl, and 
it did completely defeated the purpose of eating healthy. You know, I guess I could have just ate eaten half the bowl, but uh, you know, I come from that you know waste not want not. You finish what you eat. I ever tell you guys that shit? My parents used to do this thing. Uh, my parents were strict. How strict were they? They were so strict that when I was a kid, if you didn't finish your dinner, they wrapped it in plastic and they made you eat it for breakfast. <laughs> yes, they did. Huh? What do you think about that, you timeout generation pussies? You guys probably have a 1-800 number you could call. 1-800, my mommy's being mean that you could call and get out of that shit. Well, that's not how it went down back in the 70s. It was fucking horrific. You felt good when you tapped out because you didn't want to eat whatever gross thing, you know, you didn't feel like eating. But then you would just go to bed, like, stressing, like some guy working on Wall Street, knowing that you were going to wake up and the rest of the family was going to be eating waffles and you were going to be sitting there eating cold cube steaks and green bean casserole. Oh, yeah. Cube steaks were the worst. Fish was bad. What else? Oh, it was brutal. Ice, fucking cold. You'd be sitting there eating cube steaks, and that shit was already hard to chew when it was when it was heated up. Forget about when it was cold. Oh, it's hilarious. You'd be sitting there looking like Kurt Gibson in the seventh inning. <laughs> Big fucking wad of it in your goddamn chin or your cheek. I'm sorry, you know? But, uh, you know, I don't, even, I don't even think it even worked. After a while, they, they realized it didn't even work. It just, you know, at some point, the kid just doesn't want to eat it. And uh, I don't know. I got some funny stories about that. If you ever come out live to one of my live shows and you want to hear the cube steak story, just just yell it out. Just wait towards the end, end of my act, all right, and just say, just yell out cube steak, and I'll tell you the story. Some of the stories, I, I know, I don't want to put them out on the Internet, but I'll tell them in a club. Who gives a shit? Um, the fuck was I talking about? I got totally sidetracked. I was talking about Aussies. And their big stupid beer. Ah, it gives a shit, right? That's how I do the podcast. If I can't fucking remember it, it wasn't important. Or maybe you're just dumb, Bill. Um, speaking of dumb, there's a number, number of people who for some fucking reason are having difficulty finding my podcast. Despite the fact that if you Google search the Monday morning podcast, the first thing that comes up is the fan page. All right? It's www dot the mm podcast.com i think you guys are going www.mmpodcast it's the mm podcast like the ohio state university how great is it that they finally punished those cheating bastards you know can you believe that selling your own fucking jersey jesus christ burn the whole program down that's another thing i think is absolutely fucking stupid them policing. You know, if you're going to police college football players, you should fucking pay them. All right? Because of what they're doing, you, 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 you're, you're selling 100,000 tickets a week. 100,000 people packing into a stand to watch people who aren't getting paid, who on any play, their dream of going to the NFL could end. And I don't even want to hear you fucking conservative pussies go, well, they get a free education. No, they don't. They get one in football. 
Huh? All you tough guys out there, you think that you could learn that playbook, play at a Division One level, travel what they travel, be in the shape that they have to be in, and major in, like, fucking biology? Give me a goddamn break. Something has to give, all right? And if you have the potential to go to the NFL, that's what you should be majoring in, the thing that's going to make you a multimillionaire and just have a bunch of whores running at your dick. That's what you focus on, okay? So... I think if you're going to give these kids shit and tell them not to sell their jerseys, you ought to give them some sort of stipend, some sort of something. Okay? You can't have some superstar kid. He's going to win the Heisman Trophy. He's, they're, they're building a brand new wing on, on one of the dorms because of what this fucking kid does over four years. And his mother needs a kidney transplant. And he can't even sell his fucking jersey to get a free tattoo. The whole thing is, it's, it's fucking stupid. All right? If I had the money, I'd be a booster. I'd love to do that. Showed up in a 75 Eldorado with the longhorn fucking horns right on the hood. Chomping on a cigar. Just coming up there and fucking paying players. <laughs> That's got to be awesome. Knowing that you, it was your bag of cash that got that, that four-star running back flying down the field. Everybody's patting you on the back. You and your, your trophy wife has got her hand on your package. There's no love in the relationship. You don't need any. You're filled up with the sound of 100,000 people going crazy because of some shit that you made happen with your dirty, filthy oil money. I want to be that guy, my next generation, next generation, my next life, when I come around again. I wonder what year it's going to be when I come around again, you know? Because I think when you die, I think you go right into the mud, you know? And then that's it. And then, I don't know, you either turn into a fossil fuel or you become a mosquito or maybe like uh, some sort of organism that lives in the belly of a cow, right? That's why I think being a human being is you hit the fucking lottery, you know? You hit the fucking lottery. You got thumbs. You're living the life. Sometimes I think I wouldn't mind being an ape, though, you know? I always like doing pull-ups. So there's no fucking way. You know, I, I always stunk swinging on the jungle gym. I think it would be great to be like a gorilla back in the day, being a gorilla like 200 years ago. I wonder if gorillas knew, if they knew then what they know now about people or animals in general, what would they have done? Do you think they would have joined forces and just fucking wiped us out when there was only a couple thousand of us on the planet? Eh, fucking stupid animals. They had their chance. That's what you get. Do you fucking wake up next time? You know? Why don't you, why don't you learn? You want to talk about cheating? You know? Performance-enhancing weapons? The second we picked up a stick, we, we were fucking cheating. You know, Tiger doesn't come at you with a stick. Tiger just comes at you all natural. What do we do? We got a fucking bazooka. We got machine guns. Stick them in a cage. We drug them. I'm on both sides of this argument. Um, All right, let's plow ahead here. Um, What did I want to talk about this week? How far are we in this? We're we're about 18 minutes in. You want to go with some advice right, right, right out of the gate? Let's go with let's go with some advice, uh, Bill. I need some serious advice on what to do with the relationship. The relationship I was in, I just broke it off yesterday. 
but I need some fucking reassurance. Reassurance. Jesus, I couldn't get through that word, could I? All right. I'm 19. And uh, me and this girl had been dating for three and a half years, uh, basically since I was 16. My girlfriend and I have always gotten along, and shit was really great. Almost too great. Up until the last year, it dawned on me nearly overnight. My life was stagnant. I did the same repetitive shit with her over and over every night. It hit me really hard. I felt as if I were a married man at the age of 19, void of all my piss and vinegar. It pissed me the fuck off. Even the sex got old, and I feel like a spoiled prick for writing that because I know a lot of guys out there would give a left nut to get their dick wet. Jesus. But you can't eat steak every night. Uh, Jesus, because this guy throw more cliches in there. Um, over the last past few years, I slowly but surely moved away from old chicks or friends I used to be friendly with in high school until the other day I fucking realized that I really don't have much left. I feel as if I have one true friend sprinkled in with a few sp- opportunistic pricks I call friends. I'm not happy with who, who I call my f- friends anymore. My gut tells me that the reason I've lost friends is because of being too heavily invested with my girlfriend. Now I seem to be left with just her. I broke it off yesterday thinking to myself that there's more to fucking life at the age of 19 than getting the same limp dick hand job every night. Uh, it broke her heart when I told her I wasn't happy anymore. I want to get back out there, have a social life, reconnect with some friends, meet some new people, and get some pussy. Uh, she still keeps trying to text me and call me just to talk and still wants to be friends, but she's the clingy type, and I think she wants to weasel back in. My question is, uh, did I make the right move? Do I still talk to this girl as a friend, or do I cut it clean? Any reassurance or advice or, or possibly a five-minute rant would do me wonders. Um, all right. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks, you know. You, sometimes you got to hurt somebody, but um, this basically is your first relationship, and what happened to you happens to most people, women included. You kind of lose yourself in it. Um, you, you're not living a balanced life. See, you could have been with that girl and still had your old friends and acquaintances if you worked on that. But I think you got head over heels with this girl and you kind of went down the fucking rabbit hole. And then all of a sudden you turned around, there was no one behind you. And that kind of freaks you out, which is totally normal at 19. So I don't think you're doing anything wrong as far as... uh maintaining a relationship with her maybe later my gut says don't do it now you're just gonna hurt her more because it's gonna give her hope that you're gonna get back with her or you're gonna have that awful after you broke up sex where you're gonna be oh i'm psyched i'm getting laid and halfway through it i swear to god you have an 80 percent chance she's gonna start crying okay at which point you can be like oh my god is this like a rape case now what's going on and it's you're gonna pull out Blue balls, she's going to be crying, and you're going to be like, sorry, and then you're going to want to comfort her, but not comfort her too much to give her hope, and you're going to fucking walk out to your car at a 45-degree angle, feeling like your balls are down on the, on, on, by your ankles. <laughs> so stay away from that. Um, yeah, I think if you guys are going to be friends, I just think that some time needs to go away, because it's not fair to her, because you sound definitely like you don't want to be with her anymore. And uh, every time you talk to her, even if you, you say I still don't want to get with you, 
you're just putting her right back at the start line of getting over you and moving on with her life or whatever the hell's going to happen. And that's not fair to her. So, uh, you know, and you did the right thing. You wanted to be out of it. So you got out of it. That's exactly what you got to do. You got to hurt somebody sometimes. It's much worse to waste their life. It's way worse. And you're only 19, you guys. You guys heal fast. You'll get over it. So get out there. Have a good time. Wear a fucking condom. Always get yourself uh, get yourself some new friends. Football season's coming up, baby. Did they work it out, by the way? I don't even realize. I don't even know. I just keep looking at the uh, keep looking at the ticker. By the way, how selfish were the fucking owners in this? By the way, speaking of all all you people who call up those sports radio shows. And you don't even know what you're talking about. You just immediately start trashing the athletes because you can put a face to them. They're not the bad guys in this one. They signed an agreement in 2006. And the owners had their lawyers look at it. And the owners agreed to it. And then five years later, they're like, oh, we're not making enough money. So what do they do? They just lock them out, which is the owners. They just basically took their stadiums and they went home. And they basically said to the players, we want all of you to take an 18% pay cut and play two extra games. You know, what the fuck do you think the players are going to do? All right, so it's not over yet. Lockout nearing an end. Camps could open Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, ho nilly. I'm just going to watch college football. I don't give a shit. The Alabama Crimson Tide playing the Wolverines of Michigan. Ho nilly, we got a barn burner. They're going to be swapping paint this Saturday night. A fumble. Michigan's got it. I'll watch that shit. Keith Jackson still killing him at like fucking 83 years of age. Um, is labor peace just around the corner for the NFL? According to ESPN report, the NFL players association and league have reached an agreement on the remaining points in a proposed 10 year collective bargaining agreement. The report citing unnamed sources. All right. So go fuck yourself right there. I tapped out. Okay, you know, we can't confirm it, can't deny it, and it's an unnamed source. Would you like to continue reading this? No, I wouldn't. No, I would not. So anyways, let me get back to the fucking questions here. So, um, oh, this is something I wanted to bring up. You know, I sometimes I forget how old I am because I still feel like I'm, I'm fucking 18. Is You know, when I do that shit, you know, whenever I t- bring up a female... I walked into the store, and all of a sudden, there was this fucking lady. You know, when I do that lady, I thought you guys all knew that that, uh, that was a little tribute to Jerry Lewis. But I forgot that there's a lot of young people in their 20s, college students listening to this shit. That's Jerry Lewis. That isn't me. All right? Um, and I actually, that was like his catchphrase. He'd go, hey, lady. I can't even do it. And it was the funniest shit ever. And the fact that my mother thought it was so stupid, it made it even funnier. There's nothing better than watching a Jerry Lewis movie with my mother within earshot. Um, but anyway, so I actually went on YouTube, and I got a couple of Jerry Lewis YouTube videos this week. And I was trying to find one, a clip. If anybody can find one of him saying, hey, lady, I can't find one. I don't know if they took them all down. But there's this guy doing a tribute to Jerry Lewis, and he's imitating Jerry Lewis while singing Kenny Rogers, that Kenny Rogers song, Lady, which uh, if you're not familiar with it because you're a youngster, the song basically, it's this romantic 
song like lady you're my and i love you and the chorus is lady you're the only one i need but he's doing it as jerry lewis so he's going lady i can't even fucking do it but it's it's really obnoxious and if you're a Jerry Lewis fan, I found it to be fucking hilarious. I'm not saying it's the greatest impression, but it's fucking funny as hell. And then, for everyone out there, you know, a lot of people in America always trash the French like I did earlier, making fun of their berets. I'm not really, you know. One of, one of my bucket list things is actually go to the Tour de France in uh, one of those cities, you know, where they go through and all of a sudden there's like a castle from the 1300s. Who the fuck wouldn't want to do that on a sunny day, sitting out in a cafe, getting treated like shit by some Frenchman, right? Because your Rosetta Stone shit isn't holding up. Eating a couple of fucking, I don't know what the hell you eat over there, some pastries. And then all of a sudden, all these athletes come flying by on their bikes. I just think that would be amazing. Follow it around for a few days. You know? Save up some euros, bring them back to America in case the fucking dollar crashes. It might next month. Who knows? Um, I want. I wanted to do that. So, uh, but anyways, one of the things is is this country has always made fun of the French, um, or has at least in my lifetime. And one of the things that they make fun of them of, they make fun of them because they think Jerry Lewis. They're huge fans of Jerry Lewis and think he's a genius. I've heard a bunch of people. You know, people that I respected make fun of him for that. Kind of like, you know, how the Germans think David Hasselhoff is the, is a rock star. Um, I got, I, got a co- I got a co-sign with Americans on that one. I don't know what the fuck you guys are listening to over there. But maybe because it's a second language. Maybe like his permed mullet. I don't know what it is. Um, but I'll sign off if you want to make fun of Germans for making fun of that. But I think their cars offset. The quality of their cars offset the fact that... Maybe that's why they like David Hasselhoff. They're so far beyond everybody, you know, scientifically. You know, you know, we stole all their secrets after World War II. You realize that. Half of, of, of our rockets, audio tape, the whole space fucking program, our missile program, all of the – we took a bunch of German scientists from them. And we were like, uh, show us how, how you did all that stuff that you were doing to us in the war. Um, yeah, so maybe they're so focused on that. Making cars that go like 200 miles an hour and subtly drop down half an inch just in case there's a steel beam hanging across the, the highway. We can't do that here in America. We don't know how to do that shit. So I guess, you know, you're so busy looking at that egghead shit. That when you leave the lab, you know, you just don't want to think. So you put on a little bit of Hasselhoff. You know, what does he sing about? The beach in his chest hair? Going out and finding a fucking the right medallion to wear around his neck. Um, but anyways, they've always made fun of the French for thinking Jerry Lewis was a genius. And I got to tell you something. The French are 100% right when they say Jerry Lewis is a genius. And if you don't believe me, YouTube video of the week. This is one of the classics you're ever going to see in comedy. It's this just. It's called the movie's called The Errand Boy from 1961. Jerry Lewis plays an errand boy, and there's a scene where he he walks into one of the big shots' office. It's empty. There's nobody in there. 
And uh, he looks around and decides to sit down at the big conference table. He lights up his cigar and starts acting like he's running the fucking company. And they basically play this Count Basie song underneath it. And he pantomimes the entire scene. He doesn't say one fucking word. This clip is 50 years old. And it had me and Nia on the ground laughing. It's like... It's such fucking genius. I can't even explain it. Now, some people will look, oh, he's just making a bunch of faces. Just watch his movements with the music. And now every time he turns around, and every time there's like a new section in, in the music, he spins around in the chair. It, the whole, the way he comes out of it, I swear to God, it's so fucking perfect. It, it, as a comedian, it almost, it almost brings tears to your eyes. It's absolute genius, and I challenge any of you motherfuckers to watch this and tell me that it isn't, all right? So now that I trashed the French at the beginning of this podcast, I okay, for their merciless stalking. I just realized halfway through it, I don't even know if it's the French who are investigating them. Well, fuck you, what's going on in your country? Their merciless stalking of Lance Armstrong, Okay? Uh, now I'm telling you, you got it right. You got it wrong with Lance. You got it right with Jerry Lewis, okay? I don't have any problem with the French Open. I love that you play on clay. I think your country's absolutely beautiful. I think you need to drop the attitudes. I, you know what I think it is? I think you guys are a little fucking insecure. What's the matter? You used to be running shit when you had that fucking sawed-off little runt running around, rubbing his fucking stomach. What have you done since then? Exactly. You know what you guys are like? You're like, you're like the fucking Beach Boys in the, the 70s, from like 1970 till they had that hit again in 1988. That, that, those are the years France is in right now. So, you know, whatever. The Beach Boys had like their last hit in like 68 or 69. Then they had nothing for like 20 fucking years. That's what the French are like. They had Napoleon... You know, he was one of the few fucking midget white acts that could also go on Soul Train and kill it, you know. And then he got his ass beaten back all the way to France. And ever since then, he hasn't had a hit. You realize that, France? You guys haven't had a hit going on fucking two decades. The goddamn Phillies have won two World Series since you last had a fucking hit. That's saying something. Because those sons of bitches are averaging about one every 60 years. You understand that? I hope you do. Come on, you bilingual cunt. Um, do they? You guys really smoke your cigarettes, holding it underneath? You know, like your 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 fucking the undercarriage, the undercarriage of the cigarette. Do you really sit there with your striped shirts on, your little mustaches? You don't, do you? Please tell me you don't. So, anyways, the Aaron Boy, nineteen sixty nine, Jerry Lewis. Please watch that. And uh, we actually have another clip from that where he does another scene where he. He has to uh, watch some phones. He can't figure out which phone is ringing. And, I, I, you know, I don't think that people know. Like Jim Carrey, I think, could do it. I, it's, I don't know. The guy is an absolute fucking genius. He's one of my favorites. And uh, do you know he actually spoke at my graduation? I know a lot of you guys probably think that's bullshit. I swear to God he did. And in the morning, they had a... Uh, a parent student's breakfast the day of graduation. And then on graduation night, you know, there was the graduation. So, or afternoon they had the, so in the morning 
Jerry Lewis spoke at the breakfast, and he was crazy Jerry. And he was a fucking riot, and he killed. And me and my dad were laughing our asses off. And, you know, my mom, she's just not a fan, but I still think she liked it. But uh, it was really awesome. And then when he spoke at our graduation, he uh, then he became like Telethon Jerry. He actually, as always, he made the transition. He just didn't act like a lunatic. And then when he went to the graduation, was all of a sudden serious. He transitioned because he was acting like, wow, lady, at our, at our breakfast, people spitting pancakes out, dying laughing. And then when, you know, when everybody comes marching in, the students came in first, and then the people came in last with their fancy robes, you know, the fucking smart kids, the mathletes, and then the guest speaker. And he came walking in, and he had his hands on the shoulders of the person in front of him, and he was doing this ridiculous walk and just came in going, and everybody died fucking laughing. And uh, but then and then he slowly transitioned out of that, made a few jokes when he's up there. And then he just really started talking about life. He guy, he's old school entertainer. They don't make him like that anymore. And um, I can't say enough about that guy. Here's another clip I would love to find a Jerry Lewis's. I cannot find it anywhere. But I remember I had just started my stand up career. And I'd come home from some fucking godforsaken place in New England driving my piece of shit car. I get home and my dad was still up and it was like, I swear to God, it had to be like 1.30 in the morning. He's half asleep. I'm burned out from doing the show and driving and we put on the TV and they're doing this whole thing on Jerry Lewis. And I'll make a long story short here. They, uh, they were talking about, you know, how big, you know, Martin and Lewis, the comedy team, D. Martin, Jerry Lewis got. And when they broke up, <clears throat> how everybody was blown away, devastated. And they were wondering if they could survive on their own. So Jerry Lewis gets his own show. And it's the first episode. And they sh- and basically, this was the bit. They, they do like the old school thing. They got like a big band playing. And there's these shiny, like shimmering fucking curtains. And they go, ladies and gentlemen, the Jerry Lewis show. And rather than walking out, like there was this runway and he was standing at the front of it. And rather, basically, rather than walking down to the end of the runway, he was standing at the front of it and it was like motorized and it came right out to the crowd. So the shot is you're looking at the curtains. They're playing the drum roll, announcing him. And all you see is the back of the heads of some people in the front row, kind of like sitting there like it's a nightclub. And they just go, ladies and gentlemen, the Jerry Lewis show. And he comes through the curtains, standing there in this tuxedo not even look, almost looking like he's posing. And he has the most arrogant look on his face, like he's the shit. And I'm sitting there watching it going, why is he acting so arrogant? Like he should be humble right now. Like he should make, be making sure that his fans are going to follow him, despite the fact that they're probably pissed that he left Dean Martin. And he comes right up to the front row. And right when you think the stage is going to stop, it plows into the front row and he does this fucking pratfall over the table and steps on a chair. And me and my dad, you totally couldn't see it coming. The misdirection was he was standing there so fucking arrogant that you were so focused on that you didn't see the pratfall coming. And it's like one thirty in the morning, my dad's half asleep. He fucking falls over the damn table and goes into the chairs and crying laughing, crying laughing at one thirty in the morning. That's how much of a beast Jerry Lewis is. All right, there, that's it.
All right, 10-minute fucking tribute on the podcast to Jerry Lewis. And once again, youngsters, I did not come up with that lady thing. Uh, that's something I kind of started doing with DeRosa on Uninformed. We're just big-time Jerry Lewis fans. So so there you go. All right, plowing ahead. Um, we got. Oh, let's do. Why don't we do the rest of the YouTube videos for this week? We got some great ones that will be at themmpodcast.com. Please remember to type in the. We'll have all these YouTube videos right there for you, so you can just sit there surfing the net. All right, this is a great one. Texas man gets a three hundred thirty thousand dollar home for sixteen dollars. This this is one of the greatest stories I've ever seen. This guy found a loophole. Um, basically, the guy who owned the house declared bankruptcy. He took off. Then the bank had it. And I, I can't remember. I only watched the video once. There's something about there's this loophole in Texas where if a house is abandoned for a certain period of time, you can file this form. It costs 16 bucks, and you can claim the house. And this is what this guy did, right? It gets better. Everybody on the block is pissed because they paid like $330,000, $350,000 for their fucking houses. Houses? Sorry. And this guy comes in. He pays $16 for a house, so it brings the value of their house down. So they want him out of there not only for that reason, but I'm also guessing because it's a black dude and they're all white. Just I'm telling you, it's like when I watch this, I'm like, this is the greatest beginning. It's like a pilot episode for the greatest fucking sitcom ever. Like the amount of characters that you could have. It's a fucking TV show. So basically what this guy has to do, he has to stay there for three years. And and the, the people on the – you got to watch this video. The, his neighbors, they're trying to get him for everything. They're like, well, we just think he should pay for his house like everybody else. It's like, you know, what, what sort of a team player are you? Just because what? You signed yourself into indentured servitude to these piece of shit bankers? One guy. One guy gets out of it, doesn't have to become a fucking slave to these assholes, and you can't be happy for him because he found a loophole because he did his homework. If you read about it, you could have owned two houses. You could have sold your house and then moved into the other one for 16 bucks. Quit hating on the guy. I think it's the greatest thing ever, considering these bankers took this bailout money. They don't, they don't, not only do they not know where, they don't know where it is. They can't say where it is or who even got it. And they're breaking this guy's. That was like a billion trillion fucking dollars, or whatever. This guy, three hundred thirty grand. You mad at that guy? He's a fucking genius. You know what I would do if I lived on that block? I would give that guy a fucking goddamn. I don't know what I would make him a bunt cake, whatever the fuck you're supposed to do. I'd welcome him to the neighborhood. I I and I'd be like, listen, dude, can you do me a favor? Can you read some more documents? And if you come up with some other shit. I would love if you can find a loophole that somehow affects my life. Like, like this, they're, they're totally overlooking this guy's talent. You know? You know what's funny about that guy, that black dude who moved into that thing? If he was actually on TV screaming about how, I bought a house for $16. Half the people on the fucking street would call the 1-800 number and order his goddamn book. You know? And then if it turns out to be a scam, you'll never see the guy again, right? 
The guy is on your block. He's right there. Go over and learn from him. I don't know. I think it's I I think it's it's the greatest goddamn thing ever. Considering recently I started looking at homes out here because I I've, I've had enough. I've just had enough with living over this guy. I'm 43. With the, I'm still living in one bedroom apartments, and I I can't take it anymore. I'm I'm done. I'm ready to get back on the wheel. Okay, Illuminati, you got me. I'm gonna try and find a place. Uh, you know. That I can try and maybe pay off in 27 years, you fucking cunts. Um, <laughs> but you guys should be psyched if I get a house. Because all that means is I will be coming to a city near you often. Because I'll have to pay for that son of a bitch over there. Unless I find a loophole. All right. The next YouTube video of this week is uh, Buzz Aldrin. Buzz Aldrin. An American hero. All right. Fought in World War II. Uh, Air Force pilot. Uh, what else did he do? He taught other soldiers, basically, as far as I know, how to, how to be that guy in the bombardier with you know, a little turret gun. You're sitting there, basically, in an aquarium bolted to the bottom of a fucking tank. <laughs> uh, I mean, an airplane. The balls that that took. Can you fucking believe that? You know how freaked out you are? You realize the balls it takes to go to war? The fucking balls. Think about that shit. How scary is it to be flying in an airplane? You know, you ever fly in a commercial flight and you see another commercial airline and you start freaking out like, oh my God, oh my God, right? And those planes don't want to fuck with each other. They got people, air traffic controllers, making sure that they don't fuck with each other. They got evens and odds. Evens, east to west, odds. West to east, however the fuck it works out. They make sure you don't run into each other. Now, just imagine if you're on a, in a fucking plane. There's people on the ground trying to shoot it down. There's other smaller, quicker, more nimble fucking, <laughs> fucking planes trying to shoot your plane down. And your job is you got to climb down basically to where the bag, your fucking check bags would be. And you climb into this little glass bubble. With a machine gun, and you got to sit there spinning around in the chair. I mean, Jesus Christ. How much screaming are you doing down there? I would just, I would be doing a three, I'd probably shoot my own fucking plane. I'd be so scared. And I guarantee you, they probably had some sort of safety device in there so you wouldn't, you know, because if you're following a plane like John Elway trying to hit someone running a fucking post pattern, you. you <laughs> And he starts from the left side of the aircraft, goes across the right. You might shoot the own fucking tail off. Um, oh, my God. What if somebody sort of breaks the glass with whatever the fuck they're shooting? And then you fall through it? Well, maybe you got a parachute on. But then where the hell are you landing? In enemy territory? It's just unbelievable, the balls. So Buzz Aldrin is part of this fraternity of guys who, yeah, I don't even know how he gets his flight suit on. The size of this guy's balls. So anyways, this, this fucking YouTube video, one of those moon conspirator people comes up to Buzz Aldrin and starts calling him a coward and a liar. You're a liar. You're a coward. You never landed on the moon. Right? And first of all, you know me. I love a good conspiracy, but I don't get the whole we didn't land on the moon conspiracy. Like, I'll go with it. Let's say we didn't. 
Who, who does that hurt? You know, what did it hurt? Didn't hurt anybody. They didn't send a bunch of, yeah, we landed on it. Then everybody jumped on a space shuttle. And then they just took them out in space and threw them out the back door. And they just came back. Yeah, they're on the moon. And it was some fucking conspiracy theory to, to, to thin out the population out here. Down here on Earth, they didn't do any of that shit. What were we trying to do? Intimidate the Russians so they didn't fuck with us? So we lied and said that we... And couldn't the Russians be able to figure... That's what I love. The KGB couldn't figure out that we didn't land on the moon. But this tub of shit who's yelling at this fucking war hero, he somehow figured it out. So anyways, he's following the guy around. And not to mention, Buzz at this point is in his 80s. Okay? So now you're yelling at an old man. All right? A fucking tough son of a bitch. But an old, like, there's a certain level of respect. The same reason why I don't yell at that old fucking coot down below at me. I just don't yell at the guy because he's, he's an old guy. So this guy, this fucking tubby, goddamn fucking just ah, last guy picked in gym class, fucking soft serve ice cream eating fag. Comes fucking walking up to the guy, just sitting there going like, you're a liar, you're a coward. He said a bunch of things to him. He's followed him out of the hotel into the street, and there's this woman. And at one, the first time he calls him a coward or something, you watch. Buzz turns around. It reminded me of like when I'm with my dog, my pity, when like she starts fixating and I, I'm watching the signs that, okay, she's going into pit bull mode. I got I to gotta snap her out of that. It was the same thing. He started walking towards and the girl fucking pulled him back. No, 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 no. And this guy wouldn't leave him alone. And Buzz keeps saying, leave me alone. Leave me alone. Right? And the guy keeps getting in his face. And then the second time he goes, you're a liar. You're a coward. And Buzz fucking right hook to this guy's fat fucking triple cheeseburger eating face. He, and this guy, I swear to God, was like a foot taller than him. And probably outweighed him by 150 fucking pounds. All quarter pounder with cheese though. Right? And he just drills this guy in the face. He backs him up like three steps as an 81-year-old man. And as much as I hate to admit it, that punch, you, you look at this punch, I, I would have fell down. I'm not even going to lie to you. He would have hit me in my big fucking butcher block head, and he would have dropped me. So uh, props to Buzz Aldrin for not only being a hero, for punching a fatty in the face. And you know what kills me is Buzz is not even that big a guy. You know, and this, this really goes back to this fascination that I have with that generation of people, you know? The Humphrey Bogarts, the Lee Marvins, the Charles Bronsons. I know I've talked about this before on my podcast where I was just like, why are those guys seem so much tougher than the movie stars of today, right? You look at Brad Pitt, you're like, ah, whatever, that P90X-looking jackass, fuck him, right? I don't give a f- Matt Damon, eh, go fuck yourself. You don't give a shit. But you look at Lee Marvin, you're like, dude, I, I wouldn't fuck with that guy. Telly Savalas, I, I would not fuck with him either. What is it that makes those guys so tough? Is it, is it because the stars today actually highlight their hair? <laughs> you know what I realized it was? I looked up Lee Marvin, somebody I watched my entire life and knew so little about. Lee Marvin was one of the baddest dudes ever. The sound of his voice, the way he carried himself, you just like, I wouldn't fuck. The guy probably weighed like a buck 40, buck 45. It's like, I would not fuck with that guy ever. I know he could drink me under the table and still kick the shit out of me. I'm just, I would not fuck with him ever. 
So I actually I went to uh, his Wikipedia and I looked up some shit. This is why he was so believable in all those tough guy roles. This is why when he played a cop and he was shooting a gun, he looked so believable. And when he was in the Big Red One and all those other movies he was in, he was so believable. This is his background. Marvin left school to join the United States Marine Corps, serving as a scout sniper in the 4th Marine Division. He was wounded in action during the World War II Battle of, I'm going to butcher this, Saipan, Saipan, Saipan is an island off of uh, the Philippines. And during this battle, during the battle which most of his platoon were killed, Marvin's wound in the buttocks from a machine gun fire which uh, severed his sciatic nerve. He was awarded the Purple Heart and was given a medical discharge with the rank of Private First Class. Okay. Do you understand the difference between a guy like that pretending to be in war when he's actually been in it as opposed to some fucking douche like me if I ever booked a war movie? And I'm trying to grow some scruff and have a cigarette dangling from my lip. Huh? Is this what a fucking war hero looks like? <laughs> That's why. That's why. That's why Buzz, at 81 years old, fucking with one right hook, 81-year-old man, backed up that fat Michael Moore-looking jackass. That's why they've been through it. So this is what this is what I love about this shit. So a positive of of us over the last ten years being having two wars at the same time. I'm telling you, we got some of, we got some badass movie stars coming our way in the next ten years. We get out of these wars. I'm telling you, these kids are coming back, and they're gonna redo the Magnificent Seven. And I'm gonna tell you, they're gonna have that vibe again. That I wouldn't fuck with that dude. And I guarantee you they're not highlighting their hair. All right? So there you go. Please check out Lee Marvin. I'm telling you. If you feel like a pussy, just imitate half the shit he does. I'm telling you. you probably get 40% more pussy in the first week. I guarantee it. Um, I sound like that guy who bought a house for 16 bucks. Um, next, next YouTube video we got is... Uh, Pizza Hut in India. I don't know what's going on here, but uh, it's a Pizza Hut, and all of a sudden it's sort of uh, hammer time. And they start doing this synchronized dance. What I really think it is is this, it's so over- overpopulated in, uh, in India that in order to even maintain a job at Pizza Hut, you know, you know, you always have that I'm tap dancing for the man. In India, you literally have to do it. I think they have a dance contest at the end of every shift, and whoever – does the worst, loses their job, and then they bring in a new employee for even less money. And then they have a dance-off at the end of every one of them. I don't know. Probably be a documentary at some point. Um, and I believe, is that it? Is that it for the fucking, yeah? yeah. All right. We're bringing another topic back here, everybody. Well, let me hype my, my shit here for this week. How about that? I'm going to be at the Montreal Comedy Festival, everybody. Um, as you're listening to this on Monday, I am probably already there. I have flown across this country for the nine millionth time in my life. And uh, I am going to be at the Montreal Comedy Festival with uh, Robert Kelly and uh, Joe DeRosa, the young teen idol sensation from the Opie and Anthony program. Uh, We're going to be doing a show called Cheat Life, which is based off of our uh, short film that you can actually see Saturday night at the Montreal Comedy Festival. It will be 
airing up there. And um, what else? I don't know if I mentioned this. We're also writing a book based off of it. And when the book comes out, the hard copy of the movie will be available. Um, until then, you'll only be able to see the movie in uh, short film festivals, which they have at the Montreal Comedy Festival. So please, if you're in the area, come on out. Check us out. If uh, if you're in the States, you're anywhere near nearby, I suggest you fly up. You watch some great comedy, and Montreal is some of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. Some of the most beautiful ladies you're ever going to see in your life. Beautiful architecture. Uh, It's not hockey season, so you don't have to worry about anybody rioting. Um, Although it probably will be ungodly hot, which means all those beautiful girls will be in summer dresses. So why don't you stand there in a raincoat like me with your hands in your pockets and have a good goddamn time. All right. Um, we're bringing back an old topic here, one that I actually said I'd stop doing because I heard uh, Tosh.0 does something like this, but people keep asking me questions. Um, this is another installment of the once canceled but now returned. Is it racist, racist, racist? Um, all right, Bill, I had a recent episode that didn't really turn out that bad, but I felt really bad about it. I'm in the medical field, and one day someone I work with was going down to the cappuccino cart to get some java. Jesus Christ, dude, what fucking stratosphere are you living in? You're a doctor, you get cappuccino carts and the java, that just sounds, you sound like you're in Paris. That's how that sounds in my world. I remember when I had a real job. I unload trucks, I went over to fucking uh, D'Angelo's, I got a steak and cheese. Um, anyways, they asked me if I would like anything and I told them, oh, this is, let me get back to this at the cappuccino cart. They asked me if I would like anything. and I told them I wanted a large coffee. They asked me, what would I like in it? And I said the old line, I like my coffee, hot, sweet, and black like my women. As soon as that came out of my mouth, I looked behind me to see a female African-American medical student. Uh, I was pretty sure she heard me and my gut fell into my pelvis with shame since I was in a position of, of authority um, over her, I felt particularly embarrassed. She never indicated that she had heard anything, but since I have a loud mouth, I'm absolutely certain she did. Uh, while staring at while staring at her, I didn't know what to say, so I backpedaled by saying, "Haven't you seen that movie Airplane?" <laughs> That's a line from the movie. She said no, but still never indicated she had heard my comment. So I just said, "Oh, I was just saying a line from a movie." Anyhow, nothing ever developed of it, but I felt that if I apologized, it might have embarrassed her. Um, and there was the remote possibility that she hadn't heard me too. Any, anyhow, I felt bad about it uh, and guilty. So, Bill, is it racist, racist, racist? Uh, no. No, it isn't. You're, you're just, you were unlucky. Because the second you said, how do you like your... Your coffee. I don't remember hot and sweet. I just remember, how do you like your coffee? And that little white girl. They're like two eight-year-old kids talking. How do you like your coffee? It was already funny that she was already in coffee. And I remember the, the line. Uh, I take it black like my men. That's, that's how, that was actually the actual line. So this, even though you switched it up, that's immediately what I thought. I was like, oh, that's the line from Airplane. So you, you were quoting a movie. Um, you just... <laughs> yeah, and, that, and the fact that you actually are self-aware enough that it made it even worse that you were in a position of power over her 
that, that tells me that you're a good dude. That just was a, a very awkward moment. And uh, hats off to her if she actually heard you because she really could have turned that into this giant fucking thing over nothing. I quoted a movie. You know, I quoted a fucking movie. And then it would have just been like, uh, well, why didn't you quote another movie? Why didn't you say I liked it? I like it creamy like the band. You know, and then that would be some horrific shit for people to yell about on The View. Why do I always pick on that show? I never watch it. All right. Overrated, underrated for the week. Underrated. Nia's contributions to the Monday morning podcast. I got to read that one to her. Her ego's going to go through the roof. Um, overrated. I actually agree with you. Um, overrated. Uh, putting NSFW. Not, not, not safe for work, I guess is what that stands for. Putting NSFW, not safe for work, on racy email forwards. If you're screwing over your employer by cruising Facebook or the Internet on the clock, you're already doing something wrong. You should either be caught and learn a thing or two or already know how not to get caught. In either scenario, it's not my responsibility to help you cheat your time card. If by chance you happen to have the awesome job of having to watch YouTube at work, the whole safe thing shouldn't be an issue anyways. Um, should be an issue anyways. I, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. Is that what you guys do at work? Instead of working? Well, you're fucking listening to this right now, aren't you? Um, so anyways, uh, this is the end of the podcast here. I usually I don't know how to bring this type of stuff up other than just to bring it up. Um, obviously, condolences go out to all the victims and everybody in, um, in Norway. Uh... Just unbelievably devastating to hear that news. I'm going to be there in October. So uh, I don't know. Hopefully it's one of those things, you know, something like that happens that bad. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to stand on stage and act silly. You know, I just realized that I just in a roundabout way take tragedy and, and use it as a way to hype my fucking uh, my <laughs> my shows. That's a terrible tragedy over there in Norwegian, uh, Norway, and incidentally, I'll be over there on the 19th of October. Um, I knew I shouldn't have brought it up. I don't know how to, I don't know how to, how to gracefully handle those things. Uh, that's fucking horrific, and something like that has obviously happened way too many times here in this country. So I hope that's the last time. I hope you got the guy who did it, and uh, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I guess there is nothing to say. Well, Jesus Christ, Bill, what a great fucking way to end the podcast. Now what do I do? How about I read something about CVS? I figured I had to say something, right? Show that you gave a shit. My heart was in the right place, people of Norway. All right, here we go. CVS backs off from a more customer-friendly rewards practice. Contrary to what the drugstore chain's marketing chief said last year, the firm isn't working to add extra bucks to consumers' extra... You know, wait, let's go back to Norway for half a second. You know what's going to be fucked up about this is how the NRA is going to use this as an opportunity to start going like, well, if everybody had guns, they could have fucking shot at them. You know? And I'm actually pro... I I believe that people should be able to arm themselves. You know? I actually believe that shit, but I I always... It's fucked up that the NRA always does that shit. They don't even wait. They don't wait like half a fucking second when something horrific like that happens and they got to come in, you know... Remember Charlton Heston would come in with his musket and hold it over his fucking head, you know, like he just won a a medal in fucking Mexico City. You remember that? 
It'd be nice if they if they had like a five day wait period before they were just like. And this is why machine guns should be legal. Um, contrary to what the all right, CVS. Back to CVS here. Um, do I really want to read all of this? I don't think I want to read this. Do I? Oh, by the way, somebody sent me something. Some homeless guy in Texas went in and robbed a bank. He said, I have a gun. So they bring over a stack of cash. He takes a $100 bill out of the stack of cash. He gives the rest of it back. He goes. He pays for his room and gets himself something to eat. The next day, he turns himself in, says, I wasn't raised to do something like that. All right? He goes to trial. They give him 15 fucking years. All right? Now, the guy did rob a bank. Bank? The guy did rob a bank. So I get it. You're like, all right, well, this guy is a fucking loose cannon. All right? So, all right, he gets 15 years. The person sends me this link. I'm reading this other story. One of these piece of shit bankers who was involved in a $3 billion fraud scheme. You know what he got? He got three years. So there's the lesson, people. If you're going to rob a bank, take all the money. So you can hire a lawyer that can get you out of this shit, or at least, dude, $3 billion fraud, you you ought to be in jail for the rest of your life. That's what I would love to see with all these piece of shit bankers. I would just love to see them locked up for life, you know? No more loafers, no more cufflinks, no more yachts, you know? No more hiring the fucking Rolling Stones to play your private party. That was paid for by old people's fucking pensions, and they're out there eating Alpo, and you're over there getting Ron Wood to show you how to do a G chord. Really? You fucking cunts. I swear to God, I think they should all have to dress like bankers. I think that they should wear a little top hat, dress like the penguin in Batman. They should walk around like that. And then we should all get BB guns and just shoot them in the fucking ass every time you walk in there. I want to withdraw my money. And when he bends over in the safe, you just shoot him right in the butt cheek. Wouldn't that be nice? Just something. Some sort of punishment for taking all that fucking money. Um, what else? Do I have anything else? Um, 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 oh, I know. I, have, uh, I actually watched the Chicago Fire versus Man United game. You know, because I watched the ladies' soccer game last week, and I, I get into it. And uh, it was a typical thing when an American team plays a team from another country. We always play the first half. We're doing great. I'm like, holy fuck. We're gonna be we're gonna beat Man Man United with that fucking dude uh, Kelly. Even I know his goddamn name. Guy's a beast. What happens? They score fucking three goals in like five minutes, which I can't even explain to Americans what what how difficult that is to do in soccer. You know. You know what's fucking weird about the Chicago Fire is that's a tragedy where a bunch of people died, and then years later you just you know. It's like uh, having the Honolulu Pearl, Pearl Harbor attack, right? Oh, Jesus, Bill. Really? Are we going are you, are you that far out of fucking jokes? All right. I'm, you know what? I know when to tap out. That's it. Um, I'm out of comedy. Go fuck yourselves. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'm going to bring this shit up to, uh, up to Montreal, and I'm going to try to do a podcast with Bobby Kelly and uh, Joe, young Joe DeRosa. Young Joe DeRosa. By the way, everybody, Joe DeRosa has joined a gym. So uh, next time you see him at a show, do me a favor. Just be like, Joe, you're looking good. Ed. You going to the gym or something? And when he goes, yeah, I am. And just be like, I'm just fucking with you. 
Bill told me that you're going to a gym. You look just as fucking mushy as you ever did. Laugh in his face and walk away. Could you do that for me? If you can't do that, go to the go to the mmpodcast.com and uh, if you'd like to make a donation, this free fucking podcast that I do out of the goodness of my heart. It's not to stroke my own ego. It's not to sell tickets. It's to uh, to give you guys free entertainment. I am a martyr. Uh, there's a donation button there. I appreciate everybody uh, who's made all the donations you have. Any little bit that you, you send in always helps. Always helps. Uh, that is it. The mmpodcast.com is the official pan- fan page. That's it. That's the podcast for this week. I hope you guys have a great week. And um, once again, Montreal Comedy Festival this week. Later on next month, August, I will be in Reno, August 6th at the Golden Nugget Casino or some shit like that. I don't have it in front of me. And I'm going to be at Zany's in Nashville towards the end of the month. And uh, the Stress Factory in New Jersey. So you guys, come on down. Come on out to a show. Yell out Cube Steak. I'll tell you the rest of that fucking story. All right? That's it. See you. Toyota, you know, we all agree that reducing emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, yet they make up less than 10% of all new vehicles today. That's because right now they cost more. They're too expensive, just like all new technology. Consumers worry about range and whether or not they'll be able to find a charging station. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture the batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision of a carbon neutral future. The materials used to make just one long range battery for an EV electric vehicle could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, hey, let's go places.